two weeks about the glory of God, meaning his revealed presence. And if we want to see him in all his glory, there's one place to look, and that's to Jesus. He's the one who was transcendent, and he became imminent. He's the one that was far off, but he became close. He was the one who was beyond the reach of the human mind, but he came to be seen and known and experienced in human existence. When Jesus became flesh and became a man, he became what he was not previously. He didn't cease to be God, but as a man, he could be known as and understood by men. He became a real man, yet a sinless, perfect man. Now it was possible for him to die so that he might be our Savior. Now he could be touched with the feelings of our hurts and anguishes because he experienced humanity too. He could also leave us an example. We could, he could show us how to live in the power of the Father. Most of all, he could be our Lord and Savior. The supreme event of our race as history is when God broke into time and space in his Son. The Word became flesh. The Philippians writer in chapter 2 describes this amazing condescension of the Word becoming flesh. He who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality to God a thing to be grasped or held on to, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Henry Barclow, when a young man, heard a sermon on Philippians 2, and he wrote a hymn, entitled Out of the Ivory Palaces into a World of Woe. It describes the Word becoming flesh and how Jesus came to be our Savior. But also in this testimony of John, he goes on to describe the glory of Jesus as he tells us this is the glory of the only begotten of the Father. In verse 18, he says that he's the only begotten of the Father. In verse 14, he said it is the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. But in most places, he says the only begotten. He means unique, the only one of a kind, no one like him. He has the unique place and the unique love of his father's heart. He's unique in the sense there never has been one like him. There will never be another like him. There's only one, and he's the only one. He is full of grace, the scripture says. The word grace has always two basic ideas. One is that something is completely undeserved and unmerited, but it also has the idea of something that could never have been earned or won or achieved or attained for oneself. The fact that God came to earth to live and to die for men is not something, simply something which humanity deserved. It's an act of pure love on the part of God. The word grace at the same time <clears throat> emphasizes the helpless poverty that we had and the limitless kindness of God's love. Grace also has the idea of beauty in it. The modern word in the Greek would be charm. In Jesus, we see the sheer winsomeness of God. Men had thought of God in terms of might and majesty and power and judgment. They had thought of God as the power to crush all opposition and defeat all rebellion. But in Jesus, men are confronted with the sheer loveliness of God. He's also full of truth, the Bible says in John. Truth dominates John's gospel. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. He said, I am the truth. To see truth, we must look at Jesus. There are very few people who can grasp Jesus as the truth because we fail to see that truth is a person. That is what God is like. There is truth in a person. Jesus did not come to talk to men about God. 
He came to show men what God is like so that the simplest mind might know God as intimately as the mind of the greatest philosopher. Jesus was truth, and he communicated truth, and he revealed truth in everything he said and everything he did. So the first point I wanted to make was that when we see Jesus, we really see the glory of God. And I want you to notice also something else. I want you to notice in Jesus Christ, we can understand for the first time what the glory of God really is because Jesus makes the incomparable, incomprehensible, intelligible. The Bible says no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained it. He has revealed him. You see, Jesus is God's explanation of himself. Jesus is, has revealed and explained and made clear what God is like. He did this because man by his sin had so perverted and warped the true concept of God that what he was like we couldn't understand. Today's world, most people have such a twisted, perverted, warped idea about what God is like. Even many people who go to church, you can only see what he's really like in Jesus. And it's not some man's version of Jesus. That's, that's, a, that's a warped perverted view. You need to go back to scriptures. You need to see Jesus as he was when he came. Exegesis is the word that we use when we study the Bible. It's, uh, it's about the literal interpretation of scriptures from the original language in which it was written. For example, you could take a, a part of scripture and you can try to find out the meaning of the words. You try to find out the historical setting. You try to find everything you can about what was said and who said it and why it was said and to whom it was said, and all the circumstances related to it, and then the light of all that you try to understand helps to bring out the truth of the Scripture. You try to dig it out and get to its literal literal meaning. This is to exegete as part of Scripture. That's what Jesus did. Jesus exegeted God. Jesus showed us what God was like. Jesus had taken God and put him in a way that we could understand him. He came in a human form so that we could see and know and hear and understand. He came to interpret all truth regarding the eternal God. All that any of us know about God in fullness and glory is realized and revealed in Jesus Christ. He showed us and made clear to us God. He explained God. The scripture says he is the one who is in the bosom of the Father, the one who was close to the Father. This expresses closeness, intimacy. It's used of a mother and child. It's used of a husband and wife. It's used of two friends who are in complete communion with each other. It means that Jesus is intimate, so intimate with God that he is the one with God and he is the one who can reveal God. What he is saying is Jesus didn't come to primarily to reveal the wisdom of God or the majesty of God, but the heart of God. He came to show us the inner sanctuary of God, what God's really like in his innermost being, that he really does care, that he really does love us, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that we could believe in him. A profound Eastern thinker in the very dawn of the world's life, world's life cried, oh, that I knew where I might find God. That man was Socrates. An Egyptian temple has this inscription, I am he that is and was and shall be, and no mortal has ever lifted my veil. In Athens, there was an unknown, there was an altar to the unknown God. But you see, Jesus explains God. We don't have to look for an unknown God. If you've seen me, he said, you have seen the Father. 
the writer of the book of Hebrews in that remarkable book, begins by saying, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets and in many portions and in many ways, has in these last days spoken to us through his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. You see, Jesus is everything God is in a way that we can understand. So in Jesus Christ, we can receive the glory of God. We can see his glory, we can understand his glory, and we can receive his glory. And in so doing, our lives will be changed, for in him is all the fullness of God bodily dwells. So I ask you today to put your faith and your trust in him. One of the missionaries in the past came to an ancient king, and the king said to him, What might I expect if I give my life to Christ? The missionary replied, You will find wonder upon wonder, and every one of them true. If we recognize Christ in his fullness, we will experience his wonder, his majesty, his glory, and his love. Because in him is God, for he is God revealed to us. God bless you. Have a great day.